Oh, footsie. Oh, look at that. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ow. Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Anti-Wave. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the great movies, all about meanies. Now, that, you got to say no, the, that's no, not, no, wait, wait, wait. No. I say see, the whole title. What's the title? No, I know. You're played with great. I get that. No, 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 no. Listen to the whole thing. About great movies that are all about me- meanies. I know. So, And we're, that's why we're doing the great Santini. There so you, you did two things. Yeah, yeah. You did association with the same word, and then you did a rhyming scheme. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't very good. How dare that wasn't you? Very, it was not one of your better ones. I crafted that. It was that. not one of your better ones. You wrote that. You need. <laughs> no, not true. <laughs> That's real good, Robert. The reason we're saying that is because this week we're discussing the Great Santini. The Great Santini, all about a meanie. Mm. And and our top five this week is meanies. Well, not just meanies. Oh, do you remember the blue meanies? I do. In yellow, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but of course, we're doing um, mean. Wait, you almost said the Yellow Submarine and didn't sing the Yellow Submarine. <laughs> In a town where I was born, there we go. lived a man who sailed the sea. The Ira, I know, and he wouldn't even have the lyrics down. He just would have done. Of harmony, all together now. We all live in a yellow sub. It's good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. Good to see you. But our our top five this week is mean dad movies. Mean dad, M- movies. daddies that are mean. Mm-hmm. And you know, that wasn't easy. There it wasn't. More, there are more mothers that are mean. Have you? Oh, you know, there are a lot of mothers. Uh, yeah. Why? Why you gotta assume their gender? You're right. In this day and age of <laughs> binary, non-binary. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, mean daddy movies. Well, uh, do we have some top fives from last week? Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Funny you should ask. Uh-oh. Affliction movies. And somebody wrote a wonderful text to me and said, you guys were so much fun this week. Were you both stoned? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, one of our favorite listeners... Kelly said, uh, Rain Man, Affliction. These are all Affliction movies. And Affliction... She I think said, I mentioned Rain Man, didn't I? Did you? Uh, maybe maybe, maybe I don't know. Are you familiar with Temple Grandin? I just watched it maybe... I watched it again uh, a month ago. I never heard of it. Yeah. You know, Temple Grandin was a... Okay, first of all, Claire Danes portrayed her in the movie, but she uh, is a really interesting figure. One of my favorite TV shows of all time is a show called First Person, and it was a show by Errol Morris where he sits down each episode and just talks to somebody and just interviews different people in different areas of life. And he interviews Temple Grandin for one episode, and she has autism, and she um, was she works in the cattle industry and redesigned a lot of the, um, the, the way that cows are slaughtered. She redesigned a lot of the pens and everything based on kind of her own concerns uh, being autistic she's was very sensitive to a lot of uh visual and audio sensory information and how the cattle are are being slaughtered and so she basically redesigned a lot of these um slaughter pens to be far more efficient this is documentary the movie that she's probably referencing is not a documentary it's a it's a biopic of her claire danes portrays her really well 
Cordain's does a really good job. I never there, heard of there her. is a documentary about I say. Temple Grandin, but I, I don't think that's what she's referencing. Right, right. So, yeah, kudos to her for Temple Grandin. And she also said Peanut Butter Falcon. I've been hearing a lot about this movie. I haven't seen it yet. But yeah. you've heard of it. Oh, yeah. A lot of people have been urging me to see it. She also said Forrest Gump, you know, Affliction. Who was filming that? <laughs> I don't get it. You seem fine to us. Yeah. And then she wrote my personal uh, favorite ever, Girl Interrupted. Oh, Girl that's Interrupted. nice. That's really good. So she came up with some Brittany good Brittany Murphy was so good in that. Do you remember Brittany Murphy in that? No, you no. don't. No, did you see it? Girl Interrupted? I did, but I remember Brittany her. Brittany Murphy. I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, okay, okay. so you're just focusing on Winona Ryder and... And? Uh, and um, uh, 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 what's her name? What's her nose? Uh, uh, John Voight's daughter. Yeah, Angelina Jolie. Yeah. But Brittany Murphy was in that, too. And Brittany Murphy was, like, she got out. She was kind of the character in Shawshank Redemption of the guy who fed the, the crows or whatever, and then he got out early. Yeah. That was her role, basically. Yeah. The only difference was that she was a bitch in the movie. Like, ah. everybody kind of hated her. Got it. She was mean. Girl interrupted. That'd be interesting to see again. Yeah. Our esoteric listener said, I hope I understood what affliction... I had explained her affliction movie. She wasn't mm-hmm. familiar with that word. And then we talked about it, and she came up with her... The Theory of Everything... Mm-hmm. And she said, Ray, does blindness count? Yeah. Yeah, it's an affliction, right? Yeah. Uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon. Well, I've been hearing about that movie. What's that? The what? Peanut Butter Falcon. I've been hearing a lot about it. Have them. you? I haven't heard a word about it. Oh, really? No. Are oh. people talking? Does it have a buzz? <laughs> um, uh, the fundamentals more of a of... smacking sound. What's that? So... The peanut butter makes more of a smacking sound. On the roof of my mouth. I'm not familiar with the fundamentals of caring. I'm not either. I don't know. She said that. And then she said, I am Sam. As a uh, oh, well, that's affliction movie. That's interesting. One of our other listeners said a beautiful mind. Benny and June, we talked about that, nice. I think. Their yeah. affliction, she said, isn't as much as theirs, but it's how they're perceived by others. Silver Lining Playbook, we talked about. Rain Man, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And then finally, one of our more recent new listeners, recent new is fairly redundant, isn't it? She wrote, another great podcast. Uh, going back to main characters, love to hate words and pictures. Does that mean anything to you? Mm-mm. Clive Owen, piece of work. My pick for affliction movie, Psycho. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Nice. Uh, words and pictures. Have to agree, Benny and June. And she said this beautiful, fantastic, which I mentioned last week. And uh, that was her Affliction movies. Well, those are great. Thanks, everybody. Those were wonderful views. I got it. Robert, you don't have to hit me over the head. You don't have to spoon food me. Spoon. Sp- spoon. Spoon. <laughs> I just did a spoonerism. You did. I did a spoonerism did. on the word spoon. Wait, is you spoon a word though? Spoonerism. It, uh, both, have sp- both have to be words. Well, wait, I don't, you don't have to spoon feed me, and I flipped it, so I think I went feed spoon. So I did a spoonerism. You said spoon food me. Oh well, it wasn't just then. Then I just fucked. I it think up. they have to be actual words, don't they, to be a spoonerism? Yeah. You did a spoonerism, but I'm not sure that it was a legitimate hundred percent spoonerism. That's it. That's yeah. it. But speaking of that, it's time for in the news. <laughs> wonderful segue it totally rhymed <laughs> hey you know what yeah so neil young after all this dramatic fanfare what a pussy, what, what a pussy they slowly what and pussy. without much media attention you, they went back they went back they, you, you with, say they you mean neil, neil young went back. neil young what did yeah. i say yeah you said, well you said they they oh neil legs there's like <laughs> legs they got legs well maybe neil young changed his pronouns i don't know Oh, yeah, that's possible. Yeah. It seems like everyone's doing that. But we should explain that quietly, mm-hmm. quietly, uh, they went back to Spotify. And again, this is the Joe Rogan Not so quietly now that you're blowing the lid off I this know. Thing. Not, we ain't going to be quiet about this it. Expose. So this dramatic proclamation 
that we're protesting. None of our songs are going to be played on Spotify. Well, they are. Yeah. For what, a month? Yeah. I had heard, too, that he had a... um. He had a, his own media player or something with like high-end wave files of all of his audio, and was, he was always ripping on Spotify for having low-quality audio tracks. Is that right? Yeah. And now look, and a lot of people claim that that was a, like a business grab to drive people over to his website to download high-quality audio. Oh, right? oh, yeah, yeah. But the point is, you, yeah. Uh, uh, can you spell hypocrite? <laughs> N e i l. <laughs> Y-O-U-N-G. That's spelling of hypocrite. That was very good. That was very... You know, I feel sorry for the Academy. They're trying so hard. You know about this latest one, don't you? Yeah. And on Twitter, they're going to have a, the popular movie voted by tweets, Twitter people. And it's not going to get an Oscar, but it is going to get a special recognition. <laughs> Boy, are they trying to get more ratings, aren't they? That's what's going on with all this. So uh, what's the idea? The idea is that there's Twitter all users. this hubbub, everybody oh, tweets, and then they check in to see who won. It, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a 30 second. The winner is Spider-Man. Well, that's what started the brouhaha. Right. They felt Spider-Man was more worthy of more than just one Oscar for special effects nomination. It should have been up for a few more. So people, are, they're doing two things, by the way. One is going to be fan favorite. That's what it's called. And the other is standout scene. A scene in a movie. That's kind of like our money shot. But that's what two they're people. They're stealing our shit. They're stealing our shit. But that's what people are going to vote on on Twitter. And I think I made this argument to you, and I think we're on the same page on this. It dilutes the prestige. That's it. Yeah. Do you agree? It dilutes yeah. the prestige of the Oscars. Look, they had their chance in the 1970s to go blockbuster and to have a blockbuster award, you know, like to have this Jaws, Star Wars, right. all of that stuff. And they neglected. They went the artsy route. Now you got to, you know, you made your bed. Now it's time to, to lie in it. Black Panther. Didn't they try that with Black Panther and they were thinking about a popular? Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. That was, like, yeah, that they wanted to have a special award for that and they changed their mind. I, I think, think the problem, too, is that they think that that's going to cure all the ills of what they're doing. It's a Band-Aid. It's not a cure. At best. It's, you know what? It's barely a Band-Aid. It's, it's just... Yeah. People just don't care about it anymore. I'll say. I know we talked about that last week, but the, the energy is different than it was 20 years ago yeah. when the Oscar was a big deal there was 20 years ago, of... it even was a little diminished from what it was, say, 40 years mm -hmm, ago, mm -hmm. where it was like the thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it even 20 years ago, it still had a lot of prestige. But, you know, in the 80s and 90s, or definitely in the 70s, the, didn't the, the ratings rival the Super Bowl? Yes. I mean, it was yes. up there. Everyone watched. Everyone. And that's when I was teaching mass media yeah. at my high school. I got my students so riled up about this. We voted. I put it on the board. You know, your personal favorite, your prediction, which one. And they all voted. They got real passionate. And they couldn't wait to come to class the next morning and talk about their votes and if, were they accurate or not. You know, that's an it's interesting just, perspective, what you just said. Your personal favorite and your, your prediction. two different. By, by having two different uh, scores, I wonder if your accuracy would actually be better because... There's so many people that want to have their personal favorite win, so they choose it. But if you if you give them the opportunity to say which one is your favorite, now which one do you think will win? Yes, that that will make 
I think they're uh, more accurate. Yeah. Accurate, yes. I think it yes. goes up. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. That's a speculation, it, but I would... I agree with what you just said. Yeah. So the energy was different. I'm still bothered, Robert, by the fact that for best film, it's not five movies. I still think it should be five instead well, of nine. Well, it was ten. I mean, it was ten before. It was yeah. like ten for a long time, and then they changed it down to five. Yeah, yeah. So they were they were turning back to what it was originally. Yeah, but and there's no host now. What did we oh, say? Oh, that's stupid. They're doing like multiple people. Yeah, it's, and then they what is it? They don't have hosts, but they do have hosts yeah. or something like that. Yeah. It's, Co-host, uh, if you like will. That. I know. Yeah. Well, you know, we'd always look forward to. God, mm. I'm aging myself. But mm. when Billy Crystal did host a number of times, you know this. And at the beginning, when they would they would have a montage, and Billy Crystal's face would be as the hero, uh, photoshopped before Photoshop, superimposed, mm-hmm. superimposed in the scenes, and he it's so self-effacing humor, and he looked real goofy and yeah. silly, and it was a wonderful celebration. It just was. Well, didn't he always cut it into, like, city slickers? He would always kind of work yes. his own movie yes. in. Yes, that well. was because he was in it. Right, right. But it was just a different vibe, man. It was a whole different energy. Yeah. Anyway, one more thing about the news. Yeah. You sent me something kind of interesting about Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, yeah. yeah. what he's doing with Mel Gibson, a Christian film, and... Uh, what what you you said you wanted yeah, to talk about I'm, this? I'm kind of interested in this because so Mark Wahlberg is doing a new movie called Father Stew. Father Stew, yes, and it's a boxer turned priest. Right. There's a okay. You know Ben Shapiro, right? I do. Ben Shapiro's kind of network is the Daily Wire. I'm not sure how familiar mm-hmm. you are with the Daily Wire, but they have like a whole team of people. They left California last year, two years ago. I think it was during the pandemic. And they moved to Tennessee. They set up shop in Tennessee. And they basically, like, California sucks. Like, we can't get anything done here. So, fuck this place. We're going to start our own uh, little network out in Tennessee where they have a lot fewer restrictions. And since then, they have started to build this small little media empire. Now, it's not... It's not huge yet, but they've not only started to take over a lot of news and social media, and I say take over, but I mean influence, but they're also starting to branch into um, filmmaking. And they're, uh, I, think I, I, I think I sent you a link to one of the movies that uh, uh, Gina Carano is and There's a Western that she's going to be in. And you know she was famously kind of kicked out of Disney. right. Right, and she so, was because it's on tweets. Uh-huh. And this has kind of been their approach is... Prairie? The word prairie is in the title. Yeah, Something. it's like terror on the prairie, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. See? I, right? You actually pay attention. I'm on board here. Yes. And it looked pretty good, didn't it? I mean, I thought the, the trailer... Did you watch it? Oh, I didn't watch it. I'm too busy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't like movies. The trailer actually looks pretty decent. But I think the... What's interesting is that Daily Wire has kind of set up their model on if you cancel somebody, we will uncancel them. Like we, we take all the dregs of society that everyone cancels and we give them a home. And there's still a lot of people that are interested in what, you know, what Gina Carano is doing and they want to see her act. So we'll give you a vehicle. And so that's kind of what they're doing is they're building up the, this kind of answer to Hollywood. And I wonder if this thing with, Matt, with Mark Wahlberg and, uh, and Mel Gibson is kind of an answer to that same that same problem of Hollywood being so influential and 
and, and the kinds of stories that that we used to see. And when I say used to, I mean like the Hollywood classic cinema back in the 50s and Frank Capra. And there was discussion of religion. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the central issue. It was just kind of, we, we're religious. We go to church. That's what, what we do. And I haven't seen that in a movie in a long time. But you weren't hit over the head with it. Right. That's it was just, that was say. part of who it these characters are. Organically there. Right. Yeah. And I wonder if there is a growing. Remember I said I said this about two years ago. I said the pendulum is going to swing the yeah, other way. Yeah, yeah. And to me, I'm starting to see it already push back the other way. I, when you start seeing Mark Wahlberg, I mean, we know, we know Mel Gibson already is kind of he's, – he's on the other side of that pendulum swing waiting for it to catch up to him. But what Mark Wahlberg kind of shifting the tide, so to speak, is a, a little different. And he, he's making a political statement just by doing a film with Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah. And it's a religious film. Yeah. So there's going to be some eyebrows that are turned. And I'm, I'm wondering, I'm very curious about this film and how it's going to do, how it's going to perform, and, and, and what that means for the future of cinema. And really, I'm not so interested in the religious aspect, although I am in some regards. I'm really interested in, does this herald a new socio-political discussion that is not so extreme left-leaning that right. we've been seeing for right. a long time that that's dominated the Hollywood output. Right. What do you think about that? Do you think that that's likely to happen? I think it's starting, and this could be the beginning of it. No, that's what I said. Oh, ditto. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, I don't really have that. I don't. I don't get him. <laughs> Can you appreciate what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I don't... Well, is this going to be another Jake Gyllenhaal situation? Do we need to do <laughs> Mark Wahlberg? Six months from now. Greatest actor of all time. I'm going to find it. There's a really great article out there somewhere. I'm going to try to find it. But it, it basically breaks down why Mark Wahlberg is the greatest actor of our generation. I think I've mentioned this to you, you before. You either told me or sent me some. I heard you say this before. And, What's really interesting is it makes a really good case. It's a ridiculous premise, but by the end of the article, you're going, oh my gosh, that, that actually does kind of make sense. It's convincing. Was he one of the Planet of the Ape movies, I think? Yeah, yeah he did. Was that, what about that movie Sniper? Was, was that him or am I um, confused? Was it, am I confused? It wasn't him? Sniper. Sniper was Tom Berenger, but he did... Okay. Another, he, there was a sniper movie yes, that he did. Yes, and, and it, was, um, it was good. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, Shooter is what That's it. it. Yeah. That's it. Sniper was Tom Berenger. Shooter was... I liked Shooter. Yeah. Now, don't confuse that with Shooter McGavin. Because who, who's Shooter McGavin? Don't, don't shooter. act like you don't know who Shooter McGavin is. Is, is he like... That's, that's the villain from Happy Gilmore. I'm just fucking with you. Oh. Oh. I never saw Happy Gilmore. <laughs> what? I don't like movies. I don't like movies. You really haven't seen Happy Gilmore? No, no, I haven't. No. Have you seen any Adam Sandler movies? Yeah, we saw one together. We did. We should have been nominated. Oh. He should uncut gems. Yeah. The fact he wasn't nominated. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But have you seen any Adam Sandler? I, I saw Big comedy? Daddy. I okay. saw Big Daddy. All right. Uh, I saw Fifty First Dates. Yeah. All right. yeah. 
They're about the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But have you seen Billy Madison? I, I haven't. I think I've you haven't seen Happy it. Gilmore. No, no. I mean Wait, they're kind of candy. Which one? Bob Barker, the, t- on the that's, golf course, that's knocking Gilmore. him out. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. So I know about these scenes, and I think I've seen chunks of them, but I never really watched it all the way through. Robert, who's this? Is another person I'm, I'm flashing. Um, the documentary on connect- connectivity, connections. Oh, um, religion. Kirk, Kirk Cameron. Yes. Yeah, I was getting him confused with. Well, but see, I don't know. To me, that uh, Kirk Cameron's. Okay. What's interesting with what Kirk Cameron is doing is it's almost like we're all gonna go over here and we're gonna we're gonna make our own little island that's almost non-competitive with the rest of of Hollywood. You know what I mean? Like they well, make religious Robert films is more connected to the whole. Yes. And I feel like even and that's what's interesting to me about the Daily Wire is the Daily Wire is not making religious films. They're making Hollywood movies just with uh, really just good movies just not with all of the political slant. Right. I think that one of the first movies is a horror movie and um, you know, you're, you've got a Western that's very violent. And that's not the kind of stuff that you would see coming out of Kirk Cameron's. Right, right, What's right. that? Do you know about, okay, in, I think it's Salt Lake City, uh, there is a, I'm pretty sure it's the Mormons that did this. They would, there was a rental facility there. There was a whole documentary about this where they would take movies that came in and edit out all of the bad parts. Do you know about this? Like when a movie came out on video. Are they allowed to do that? There was a whole lot of controversy about are they allowed to do yeah. that? And their argument was, well, it's our video. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, and, but it's going to be displayed. It's going to be shown to other people. And so people were very upset about and that. And if it is, and you don't have the right to alter. But you're, you're basically like if I, have, if I have a car rental company and I rent out cars, do they have to be stock? Or can I edit – the car can I build the car up in a different way and like give it a lift kit or something like that? Do some aftermarket stuff and then rent out the car. There's a really interesting argument there because you're not showing it publicly; you are renting it privately to other people. But it it violates the artist's intention. The original intent. The original. But intent does of that the matter? I mean, if I have a library and I say there are pages of this book that I know the people who check out books from this library don't want to read, right? And they, indeed, they, they trust me. And they say, yes, please go through all the books and, and like, cut out the pages. Just take a, uh, an X-Acto knife and cut out all the naughty words. I don't want to see them. Is that wrong? All right. But if you take a song like Neil Young's Old Man mm-hmm. and you change it, make it Old Woman, mm-hmm. and change the lyrics but keep the same melody... That's... But I'm not broadcasting it on the radio. Mm-hmm. This is a tape for you yeah, that yeah, I'm making. Yeah, it's interesting. That's a really interesting premise. There's a whole documentary about that. Old but lady, she did it. The, my point in bringing that up is, I think that's a that's a very niche community that wants that. They, you know, that they're extremely religious. I, I'm almost positive it was Mormon, and they they really just didn't want. They wanted to enjoy the movie, but they didn't want to enjoy this this one aspect. That's a of real it. interesting argument. And I think to me, that's what Kirk Cameron is, is he's kind of in that world almost. Like right. the extremely religious right. where right. they're watching the Hallmark channel all the time and it's just very like they're almost segregated. They're right. almost an right. island right. of pop culture right. of their own. They put a wall around themselves. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for 
and and no slight, uh, right? Like, right. Do whatever you right. want. But Wahlberg, that's is different. more um, to me. Integrate that's, integrated right. in the machine right. in society, and and that's kind of why I'm bringing up the Daily Wire as well, because I feel like the Daily Wire is also integrated in the machine, or at least. <laughs> the the remnants of the machine like the the pieces that have fallen through or been chucked out of the machine are picked up by the daily wire and put back in to another machine and that's what's interesting like you know you uh, getting back to my car analogy if i rip off the front fender because i don't like it and i put a new front fender on and someone comes along and takes that front fender and says i'm going to put this on my car and build this frankenstein car of all of these pieces from other yeah parts that have been cast aside well that's pretty cool and what if this new machine looks really fucking badass yeah that starts to call in to some really do we need these new machines anymore do we need the the hollywood machines that have been built with this, this? question can go through the courts i can see it going well not is- the question i'm asking is not so much what you're asking about legal. is the stuff about L- legal you're asking about editing the movies is that what you're saying yes that's not what i'm talking about what i'm talking about is the daily wire taking these people that have been canceled culturally right and giving them work right and creating new high budget uh you know actually well-made and constructed films right that's that's part of the problem too of like kirk cameron he did fireproof gloves i think that was one of the most successful movies he ever did i'm not sure if you ever saw it it and it was a christian film and when you watch it, it's kind of cheesy. It's like, okay, it's, it's yeah. not real yeah. good, yeah. right? But I'm interested in good movies that are competitive with Hollywood. I think there's a, I think there is a, the starting of a conservative wave coming. Yeah. And I'm wondering what that does. I've been saying to you privately, the means of production have changed. It is no longer these few companies. Panavision does not own. Like all of the cameras that you can use to make a film now, right? right. You, you've got an iPhone in your pocket. You can go make a movie and a decent one at that. We've seen a few of them. So absolutely. Yeah. I don't, everything's changing. Going back 15 years, almost every movie closing credits, Panavision, they'd have that Panavision right. logo in the closing credits. It's not like that anymore. You, you no longer need to hire people to cut your negatives right. and do all this kind right. of stuff. It's like, no, no, no. You could, you could just do all this stuff yourself. Anyway, I just want to go off on that jag. No, that's really that's, interesting. I'm interested in the future of where we're going with some of this. So what, what's the name of the movie that he's uh, that he's doing with Mel Gibson? Father uh, Stew. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Father Stew. Yeah. Give me back my... I was... Your what? My, I don't know. Son, kid, child... Daughter. <laughs> you had to think. Wait well, a minute, is it daughter? Is it daughter? No. No, it's a boy. It's give a me back boy. my son. Yeah, give, is it son? Yeah. We did. And we watch always the make movie. fun of that line, but we watched the movie a few months ago. In context, it was wonderfully delivered. Yeah, you agree? Yeah, yeah. I think it was it's just great. right. Yet we make fun of that when we extract that scene, and they show it on YouTube that it's Mel being <laughs> over the top. But in context, the whole film, it's you really liked that movie, didn't you? Yeah, I really did. Yeah, I kept on muttering, "It's a Ron Howard movie." Yeah, it was. It was really good. Yeah, nifty. That whole third act. Everything about that movie, that, yeah. I'd like to watch that again in five years. Yeah? If I'm alive. You'll be alive. And that's in the news. All right. Hey, what'd you see this week? Hey, before we jump into that, 
Is there someone sponsoring this particular avgearguy.com? avgearguy.com has over 30 years of experience in the business of transferring all of your non-digital media to digital media. This is all of your old home movies, your videotapes, your old photographs, slides. Send this over to avgearguy.com. He'll transfer for you and uh, he'll give it back to you and you can put it up on the interweb and you can share it with your grandma and send it to friends and family and relatives. We're both clients of his. We are. And he's state-of-the-art equipment. And he's extremely reasonably priced. Go to his website. And if you mentioned our podcast, if you mentioned our podcast, 5% discount <gasps> off the prices that are on his site, avgearguy.com. I'm going to go first. Oh. Okay, I saw a few things this week. Um, first of all, uh, I saw a movie. Okay, I saw a few things this week. I saw on Super Bowl Sunday... My wife said, uh, hey. You mean you didn't watch the game? I actually did. I didn't watch it. What? I didn't watch it. You didn't watch the game? No. Is it you watched a movie? Yeah. On Super Bowl Sunday? Yeah. You didn't watch the halftime? You watched a movie? Mm. I did watch The Last Duel, the Matt Damon and Ben Affleck movie. Oh. You know about this? Were they in another one? Yeah. Oh. They wrote another one. This is the first movie they've written oh, since. Oh, yeah. They did. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Okay. Yeah, was it just okay? It was okay. Not a goodwill hunting, huh? Not a goodwill yeah. hunting. Okay. No, yeah. definitely not. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those um uh like was it Yojimbo? What was the movie that was shot Rashomon that was shot in three different stories, like three different people telling their versions of it? Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, it's one different of those. perspective. Right. And now we'll show you what this person uh perceived. Right, yeah, exactly. It's one of those. It was okay. Okay. Um but Super Bowl Sunday. Producer Joey said, hey, look, it's uh, it's football. We should watch a football movie. If we're not going to watch the Super Bowl, we should watch a football movie. And I was like, yeah, sounds great. And so she pitched a few. You know, she said, um, you know, how about like uh, the uh, what's it called? The uh, was it Wildcats was it called with Goldie Hawn. She wanted to watch that or like uh, Unnecessary Roughness or yeah. some of these older yeah. like 80s movies or something. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know. There's a movie that I've been wanting to see for a while that I haven't seen. About football? About football. Yes. And she said, okay, well, let, let's watch that. And it's a movie called Draft Day. Draft Day. And it stars yeah, Kevin oh, Costner. Really? Yeah. And as we're watching Wait, it. Kevin Costner, it's not a baseball movie? It's not. He actually Whoa! did a football movie. Uh, and to be fair, he's like the general manager of a uh, – it's very much like Moneyball, where he's the yeah. general manager, and they have to – it's draft day, and they have to figure out who they're going to draft. And uh, it's a lot of high tension, like, uh, who, who are we going to pick? We have only a few hours left, and we have to decide. And he's on the phone with all these different people. The movie was directed by Ivan Reitman. Mm. Ivan Reitman died that same day. And I was like, wow, this is a double whammy homage to, uh, to football and Ivan Reitman. It's where those two circles intersect. Why am I having deja vu right now? Didn't something happen last week when we talked about? I think I past? texted it to you. What? What? I told oh, you. Oh, was that, that it? That's what. That's it, what it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah, that's really quite a coincidence. Yeah. Wow. I, I also watched uh, a Jason Bateman. Do you like Jason Bateman? Yeah. I like his sister, Justine. Yeah. Huh? Wasn't she in that sitcom? Yeah. Family Ties. Yeah. She's kind of hot. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> because she had a vagina, even if she even if she had a penis, it's okay. Oh, okay. I like Jason Bateman. I find him to be very relatable and very um, 
just kind of an everyman, even when he's being a dick. And there was a movie that I'd seen a long time ago, but I kind of it was fuzzy for me. I couldn't quite remember everything. I wanted to watch it again, so I did. It's a movie called Bad Words. <laughs> so Jason Bateman is a forty-year-old uh, man, thirty-five, forty, something like that, and decides he's going to win the spelling bee when i say the spelling bee i mean the national spelling bee and he has found this loophole in the rules that says you know you can't have graduated from eighth grade well he was a dropout in eighth grade he never finished eighth grade he never finished his high school diploma but he's incredibly smart he's very very smart and so he does this spelling bee and everyone is like you're awful you're taking this chance away from these little kids and he's like well that's the rules yeah, you should have thought about it. And no one. The, what's really interesting is the whole premise. There's a he has to be sponsored by a reporter, and there's a reporter that's with him, and she's sponsoring him because she wants to. She's he's promised her that he will tell her why he's doing it. And so the whole time she's trying to figure out why are you doing this, and everyone is trying to figure out what's your motivation yeah. for doing yeah. it. That, that's kind of the whole. It's an interesting angle. That, is a writer you never tell the audience what his motivation is that's the whole point of the film is to try to figure out why is he doing this why is he being such a dick and yeah. kind of ruining yeah. everybody's fun and and that was a really interesting writing premise that I had never really considered yeah. before yeah making the motivation a, a gimmick in the movie and what was mm-hmm. Well, I just have to say that's really clever. Yeah. You cannot have completed the eighth grade. Well, I dropped out. Yeah. Therefore, I'm eligible. That's yeah. And really of, of course, clever. like in the in the movie, oh, uh, what's her name from? Um, okay, the movie about the ice skater. Uh, okay, about I Tanya. Yeah, and yeah. then she was feeding the parrot. What's her name? Oh, the mother. Yeah. Oh, the mother was played by. Um, um, exactly. Um, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. She was in it. She she's played, wonderful, yeah, by the way. And she's uh, wonderful in this, too. Yeah. And she... She won the Oscar. Yeah, I think she She did. won the Oscar for Itania. Her name's going to come back to me. It's really bothering me that we're not coming she up with it. She was in 10 Things I Hate About Robert, You. Robert, do it right now. Okay. Okay, I'll like, do a little soft shoe. Why don't you, why don't you tell what? me about what you saw, and I'll... But I'll then I'll get in my first one, you'll interrupt me. Yeah. As soon as I get halfway into it, you'll That's say, okay, I got the answer. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Okay. Well, you're almost... Are you almost there? No. Okay. I'll give four seconds. Three, two, one, and I, Tanya, the role of the mother is played by. Go ahead. What do you got? No, it's played by. Why is this taking you so long? I don't have anything. What what do you mean? I I would have had it a little bite. Are you like stalling? No, I don't have it. I, Tanya, the mother. She's a wonderful actress. Come on. Come on. What the fuck are you doing, Robert? It's not coming up. I what do you mean it's not coming up? I don't know what to tell you. All right, number one. I, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. I don't know what you're I'm talking gonna about. I'm going to get halfway through my first movie. You're going to interrupt me and say her name. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, sure about. you do. All right. I saw a movie called Punch. Allison Janney. <laughs> She's really great. I think she did win the Oscar. Yeah. yeah I think she did, yeah. too. Yeah. So she was in. Yeah, she played the, the like the spelling master, like the 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 woman who's in charge of the whole spelling bee. Yeah, and she I was like a, doing that. She was a former winner, and so she had these like little funny quirks. Where What's she was, the name of this movie again? It's called Bad Words. This really appeals. You'd to like me. it. This a lot. appeals. To you me. would like it a lot. Yeah. By the way, uh, I don't think I asked you before. What is the motivation of the, him to do this? You did ask before. And I know. I said, Ooh. 
I thought maybe you'd fall for it. I don't think I should tell you. I agree. Because it really is the whole point of the movie. Maybe the motivation B. Something that happened to him in his childhood, and he's trying to make up for it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything it else? It is a little bit of a cheat. Yeah. But who fucking cares? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Anything else for this week in review? I watch some other stuff, but go ahead. Okay. Punch. A movie Alice called... and Janney. <laughs> this is no, wait, about I'm sorry. What was the movie? F- punch. Oh, that, is that punch. a request? No. You're going to punch me? No, I would never. But Ow! I mean, if you really want me to. Ow. And it's called Punch for a reason, which I'll get to. But we have a 14-year-old hot-looking daughter who loves her father. She loves her father. Oh. oh. Father's wife died. This kid's mother is gone. Father starts dating a woman he's interested in. Daughter is very, very, you can't have him. Daughter gets her sister to punch him out. Punch. Is right. this a, um, is this a porno? It was quite erotic. There were a lot of scenes. I love that you're looking it up right now. So you can show me what the no. yeah, okay, the thumbnail looks like. Uh, but it was um, semi. It had its erotic moments when what happened was the daughter, who's 14, is coming on to the father and kissing him a little bit with a lingering kiss. Mm. And, and then she says, Daddy, Daddy, are my tits too small? And she exposes her breasts in front of father. So the movie did what it was supposed to do. Oh, I mean, I it worked, it right. worked for me. Right. Hey, you know what I saw? What? I've been look, waiting all week to share this with you. The player was aired on broadcast TV, and I figured, all right, let me see the first 15 minutes with that famous tracking shot. Right. I couldn't stop watching it. The player for me, Robert, falls in the category of movies that I've liked and are even better now with a second viewing. Okay. Um, like uh, Nocturnal Animals. I'm mm-hmm. putting in that category where I liked it a lot. But somehow... A, the novelty of the cast. Obviously, that was a draw. That's an appeal. But it was really a cool story, and I was on board for the entire film. Robert Altman, of course. Uh, Tim Robbins is the You know I hate Robert Altman, right? Because of the overlapping dialogue. Everything. I just think he's a lazy filmmaker. It's overlapping like, dialogue. But do you Nashville is like one of the worst movies ever. But the player might be an exception to your generalization? I do like the player. Uh, the player was good. And he made another one that was pretty good, too. He made... And see, this is my point. Like, I don't like Robert Altman, but I can acknowledge when they make a good movie. Yeah. Same with Joel Schumacher. I, I don't like Joel Schumacher at all, but every once in a while, like, um, what's the, the uh, not Lord of the Flies, what's the um, the boys, what's the one, the, mm-hmm. the vampires? Oh, Lost Boys. Uh, b- yeah, Lost, Lost Boys. Lost Boys, that was Lost actually Boys really a good. Great movie. Lost Boys, yeah. So Schumacher train, can, the train can do some good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uneven. Kind of like your guy, uneven. I would agree, very uneven. Soderbergh, yeah. you're saying your guy. Yeah. I think that's yeah. what you're talking yeah. about, Soderbergh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Soderbergh is very uneven, arguably the most uneven of any filmmaker. Because I would, I would argue that um, Joel Schumacher is not uneven. Most of his stuff is just bad, and then he's got a couple of good moments. And the same with, um, with uh, what's his name here, with uh, Robert Altman. Yeah. Almost everything is just flat bad, and then you've got one or two spikes of like, oh, that was okay. Yeah, yeah. But The Player is is mm-hmm. really a solid movie of his. And uh, and again, we know about the gimmick. Gimmick is the wrong, about the device of pulling in so many, so many people, famous people who play themselves and so on. But in that famous tracking shot at the beginning, and for me, there's Buck Henry pitching The Graduate Part Two, yeah. And with the camera's just like swirling from one office to another on the lot, and there's just so much going on. But besides that, it's really a good movie. One more. 
I was able to get a <coughs> pirated copy on oh. disc of the Beatles documentary Get Back. Mm-hmm. Are you curious about that? I, I Not wonder, really. I had a feeling. I think I watched a little bit of it. Did you? Was like, okay. Is it that great? I found it compelling. And there's something about seeing Paul, Paul McCartney, strumming on his guitar, and it's coming to him. And you're seeing the birth, if you will, of one of their hit songs. It, it's long. As you know, it's more like a mini-series. It's a like docu-series. Four hours. Or yeah, docu-series, eight hours. Mm. Eight hours. And uh, Peter Jackman, uh, he got a director's Jackson? credit. Jackson? Is that who you're talking about? No, Jack, Jack, Peter Jack, the guy who did The Hobbits or The Rings. That's Jackson, buddy. Whatever. Jackson, Jackman, Jack Off, you know. <laughs> Here's what I found interesting. I bet you jack off your people. <laughs> I always thought that of the four Beatles that John was kind of in charge. Mm-hmm. He was the, Every group has to have a leader. You know, we've learned that in group dynamics, all that stuff. In this film, it was really Paul. It was really Paul who was in charge. But the other thing that was kind of interesting was Yoko was just sitting there. And she was either like knitting or reading a book. She had no part of the creative process, but she was just there next to John. It was really weird. I have not finished it. I'm only halfway through because I've been told that she's going to sing later or wail or whatever she does. And then uh, George Harrison throws a fit and walks out. He, he leaves the band. All this is yet to come, but I only watched the first half, but I found it quite compelling. Get back. I'm not surprised at all. I've always thought Paul McCartney was the leader, and I felt like John probably knew that he was talented and was the source of a lot of conflict. Right, right, right. Where he was just being, I don't know, like being a baby, being petulant. Dick, yeah, yeah. It was quite interesting. Anyway, that's what I saw this week. All right. Hey, you want to talk about the great Santini? And Robert, talk us through it. The great Santini is about a great big meanie. You might no, wanna, you laughed you, that time. I, well, you you laughed that laugh. time. Oh, <laughs> in a town where I was born. <laughs> I, All right. I have your sheet if you wanted to. Yeah, oh, you want me to read that? Hey, I take good care of you. Yeah, you, you know, don't forget, I'm here to make you look good. Great Santini is a 1979 <laughs> American drama film, written a drama film, uh, written yeah. and directed by Louis John Carlino. It is based on the 1976 novel of the same name by Pat Conroy. Okay. Movie stars Robert Duvall, Blythe Tanner, and Michael You know, it's O'Keefe. better when you don't refer to that. Lo- it's not rather, you're better off just talking to the it. The synopsis is <laughs> a U.S. Marine Corps officer whose success as an F-4 Phantom military aviator, con- this very specific, contrasts with his shortcomings as a husband and father. The film, set in 1962 before widespread American involvement in the Vietnam War, explores the high price of heroism and self-sacrifice. Yeah, we won't refer to those sheets anymore. It's better when you just talk to us. So, Great Santini is about a military <laughs> yeah. guy who comes home and is a complete dick to his family. There you go. Yeah. 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 Comes home out of the service. So, hmm? what did you think? I, I, okay. I have a lot to say about this. Uh, there were moments that I liked, yeah. and there were moments that I kind of felt like, I don't think there were any moments that I disliked. I'll give them that. I I don't think there were any that I was going, I don't like this. Are you giving me a look? What? You did, were there things that you didn't like about it? That's my normal expression. Robert. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why? What? Looks like you're what? about to give the give a blowjob to the microphone. Yeah. Been there, done that. <laughs> That's probably why it smells like your spit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. I think... 
All right. Duvall is a tour de force as usual. Yeah. 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 I mean. <laughs> he, he, yeah. Yeah. You, you cast him and you know you're going to get a great performance. Yeah. I, so that's just checked, right? That's just already. Uh, At that sure. point, if you have Robert Duvall in your movie, you're not going to get below three out of five stars. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. all right, there, yeah. we're done. Yeah. Um, but I did feel like some of the things that were happening were a little uh, over the top. Like, I'm sure that the great Santini, you know, this is based on a real person. That's right. And I'm the guy sh- who wrote the book. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that he did a lot of those things. But I think that's probably what what they're remembering, like what the family is remembering, like these these horrible moments as opposed to just the day-to-day life of being a dad. I don't know. Like hitting his head on the back of the head with a basketball. Like that whole scene. Yes. I'm sure stands out in their mind of like, oh my gosh, what a what a dick. But, you know, playing chess with him probably just you know, isn't isn't in the memory banks because it wasn't nearly as dramatic. You're not hitting the kid over the head with a chess piece. Therefore, you didn't buy into that scene? Is I don't know. It just going? seemed kind of like... Oh, no, that was my money shot. Oh, it is mine, too. Okay. Yeah, I mean, hitting yeah. him on the back of the head with the... I mean, that scene... Well, we'll get to that. Because it, it goes on for so long. Out, I thought it's just on the driveway in the court, but it actually goes up the stairs inside their house. <laughs> yeah, down He's the hallway. Still doing it. He's still doing it. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we get met a little bit later when we do money shots. But yes... You know what? Look, can I jump on board right now? Yeah, what you're saying? Okay. First of all, we had an interesting talk last week or the week before about uh, Meryl Streep and her male counterpart. Who would that be? And we first said Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. and he said, and also Robert Duvall could yeah. be in that category. And that's so true. Um, he's incredible in this film. And again, I mentioned, I alluded to this earlier too about revisiting a film. And you guys already know how I feel about nocturnal animals better than when I first saw other films too, Robert. Like when we watched Go Ask Alice, that was actually better than when I first saw. Are you talking about Alice doesn't live here anymore? Yeah. What did I say? You said Go Ask Alice. Oh, you're right. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah. We'll both have the word Alice. Oh. (laughs) Oh, that that makes sense then. Thank you. I just thought you were having a stroke. Alice doesn't live here. Oh, because, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What? Go ask Al- well, because in Go Ask Alice. She has a stroke? No, but does she? I but think, Alice doesn't live I think here I'm anymore. having a stroke right now. It was better than my memory of yeah. it. This was not. Uh, That's my umbrella statement so to you. It was not. And I, I want to tell you why. As you know, I, I want to hear it. As you know, I am fascinated with. Uh, this whole show has started to, over the past two or three years, we've started to really focus on. The memory of film. Yes. Because it's not so much about the watching experience. Yes. It's yes. about the remembrance yeah. of the movie right. a period of time later. We've even made mistakes about you know movies we can't re- – but we've seen talked about for an hour. We can't even uh, remember anything me, about them. You're saying the word we? Yes. We? Ira, we can't even remember our top five. Famously, we had a top five of ocean movies and then what, oh, three or four Oh, you're really going later? out of your way right now to, 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 to share my one flaw. But you were the one, oh, my dear friend and podcast partner, who couldn't even recall anything. The basic storyline of Nocturnal Animals. Oh, I admit it. Okay. I'm not I'm So not I did top you. five ocean movies. It's only three weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> my one blunder on the show. I think that's it's so interesting. So I want to hear what you 
remember it because you haven't seen this movie since what 1980 yeah it came out in 1979 yeah. and i have not, and i saw it in the theater when it first came out i have not seen it since but to be fair it was on television it was like on airlines first right and in cable television in 79 didn't do well it well it didn't come out in theaters till 80 right so you would have seen this in 1980 i think right okay go ahead right. so I have, what do you remember okay but again let me just say robert duvall man he brings the movie home if he didn't star in this yeah i can't you know i was thinking who else could star in that film? And you know what I came up with? Who? Bruce Stern. Yeah, I can, I can see, see that. Good call. Bruce, thank you, my friend. I knew you'd like that. Nice. Now, the only thing wrong with that was that in Coming Home, he played a very similar character. Oh. In Coming Home. But I could really see him pull this off. And oh, I like... You know who else would be who, really good? Who, who? Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, not you're, Arnold Schwarzenegger now. Now, but Arnold the way you, you're then. right. You're right. No, I'm no, you're not. You're not fucking with me. You can't see him doing that? Well, I don't think he has the acting chops. You stupid <laughs> man. We will play basketball. You're going to cry? You're going to cry? cry. You're going to cry? I want to see you cry. I don't know if he has the acting chops. But Blythe Danner, right. I like Blythe Danner a lot. Yeah. A lot. And I thought she, with the southern accent, hard to believe. Uh, yeah, you can't play basketball with me. <laughs> It's so hard to believe that Gwyneth Paltrow you don't think Sly is Stallone the daughter would be a good, uh, of Blythe Danner. All right, all right. So this movie does not fit in the category of nocturnal animals, and there was something that was seemed a little bit off for me. I'm off on another quick Ira tangent. Mm -hmm. The writer of this movie, not the novel, but mm -hmm. the screenplay, same guy who wrote Seconds, the movie Seconds, which I really want to see. Let's make a mental note. Is of that, that the one about the 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 uh... Sci a little bit sci-fi? Oh, no, I'm thinking. No, you're thinking of, yeah. And which, let me say one thing. Seconds was directed by the guy who did The Train. Help me out. Oh, uh, Frankenheimer. Yes, yeah. yes. Let's make a mental note on Seconds. I thought this movie was melodramatic. Yeah. I thought it was, even the music done by Elmer Bernstein, you know how I feel about Elmer. Yeah. But it was heavy-handed, the music. And I love what you said five years ago, that a movie shouldn't signpost what we should be feeling. And I thought it was guilty of doing that. And I'm going to hit you with a big whammy right now. I don't think we needed that racial subplot. I don't think so either. Robert. I think it was shoehorned in. Yeah. It was shoehorned in a two-hour movie, and we didn't need that. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Oh. Totally agree. agree. Yeah. Are you looking at seconds? No, I was trying oh. to figure out what the other movie was. Oh, what thinking. the other one was. Yeah. That's my overall feeling. The music, everything about it was like, it was just melodramatic. Maybe it was, it's a very 70s. It, yeah. Do you know what I mean, Robert? It felt like a 70s film. It did well, it's funny. We I could hear even even like the um, way th the way things were shot back then, and the way production was done, especially on a lower budget. With this, felt like a lowish budget, not super tight, but definitely low budget, where the audio quality is not quite right because they're recording on Nagra, you know, uh, quarter inch tape, and that tape. When your master recordings are using that kind of tape, they aren't – the quality of the voice, even if you've got a really good microphone, it doesn't really keep a lot of the bass in it. And it it sounds tinny. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't sound right. Um, there, <laughs> there was one shot where the kid was practicing basketball, and if anyone watches the movie, there's a – you could pull the scene up where he's dribbling between these chairs out on his uh, on his back patio and like trying to he's by himself. This is after the the 
playing basketball with his father and right. him on the head. Right. But he's kind of dribbling the basketball, and he's each time the basketball hits, it sounds like the basketball is hitting on carpet, but it's outside on a patio, and there should be that like. Bong, yes, you know, uh, echoey. Of, yeah, it's echoey when a basketball hits cement. Right. It yeah. does not sound like that at all. Yeah. It sounds like yeah, the boom, yeah, the boom, yeah, the boom. Yeah. It's very yeah. not the right sound. Um, there's there's a sh- a scene where Duvall is yelling at the refs in the middle of a basketball right. game. Right, right. Storms out onto the onto the, onto the court and yells at them. And it's a shot that's kind of at an odd angle. And he yells at them and is like, you, you, you get him back. He's yelling at his son and says, uh, you know, this, this guy knocked you down. You go out there and knock him down or you don't come home. And in that scene, there's no crowd. And it's very obvious that Ugh. it's an empty gymnasium. They went back inside it. Yeah. Well, yeah, they shot yeah. an insert of sure. that. Or they let the crowd go and they were like, we can get – because there's just not the, – the sound of the crowd in the background dissipated. Yeah. Yeah, and you can hear an empty gymnasium, and it sounds very different from a right. full gymnasium. Yeah, and there's little things like that that just it it starts to add up, and I don't think most people even recognize it. But I'm noticing it going. That's kind of a it's not a flaw, but it just adds to things don't quite feel right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think you subconsciously are picking up on some of those going. Right. Why doesn't this quite gel? This doesn't quite flow or move well and it feels kind of shoehorned in i think that was what was happening a lot in the 70s there are some movies that really had their act together i mean if you go back and watch i mean watch watch badlands what terrence malick was doing with badlands it's great it's well put together uh what's the um cool hand luke i mean there's it's fantastic everything is done really really well but there are these kind of little lower budget movies that they're just kind of cutting some corners and it ends up showing up in the final cut and to me that's what was happening throughout this film now with alice doesn't live here anymore Mm -hmm. that would be an example of i thought that one was beautiful it was perfect yes not to be confused with go ask alice by the way i just want to clarify that (laughs) oh thanks i was confused Mm -hmm. i'm here for you i think also with alice doesn't live here anymore i think the those little flubs added to the grittiness of the movie yes i mean that was uh, there was this a, movie was, uh, it was almost a rawness, to, almost yeah. a rawness. But here, it was trying to be a little just, slick, and it it just didn't have the budget. Agreed. For it. Yeah, there is one moment that I thought was really interesting, and maybe this is my money shot. I'm not sure if I would say this is my money shot or not, but it's it's definitely a really interesting scene that reminded me of something. Early in the film, the great Santini is I, he's not discharged because he still works for the military, but he's basically done with his assignment, and he's he's sent home to be with his family, right? So mm-hmm. he's done all this stuff and he, he gets on an airplane and his family is in this airplane hangar waiting for him. Mm-hmm. And we, it's the first time we're seeing the family and mm-hmm. we start to understand their personalities. They're all kind of chit chatting, waiting for him to, to show up. And they're kind of sitting in this, you know, right on the edge of the airplane hangar, almost on the tarmac. Do you mm-hmm. remember this scene? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I was watching it, and it was fine. It wasn't a problem with the scene, but I was reminded so much of that famous photograph from the 1970s. You know where I'm going with this? Oh, is that I think Vietnam yes. War coming home? The guy the coming home, coming the POW. Out. Yes, and his family yes. running up. To I know him. that photograph, and it's a very famous photograph. I like wonder this. if that was done intentionally. I don't know, but it certainly reminded me of yeah. that. Yeah, and that photograph is. I mean, it's it's so. There's so much emotion that's yeah. wrapped up in that. 
And then, I don't know if you know the backstory behind that photograph, but the guy who came home, uh, within like a year or two, he was divorced and like his kids didn't talk to him anymore. It's got a really tragic ending. And I, I want, I think wow. he either attempted suicide or he maybe did kill himself. And it was just really like, oh, come on, man. Like, well, you've ruined that photograph. Isn't it? I mean, that's like, but I also wow. feel like that's the moment that was in this movie in a way, like the, them running up to hug him because they all did. They all ran up and to hug him. And then we know the foreboding, what's going to happen right. right after. That's right. your point. Right. And right. so that was kind of interesting to me that, yeah. that there yeah. was this kind of comparison. And I, I felt like, well, we know Santini's not so great after all. Uh, he's kind of a dick. Kind of. And what must he have gone through in order to be that mean? Although, Who, is this character or the actor? The, the character. No, Duvall's great. Yeah. I don't forget, you love this. I've said this a couple times. I'm going to say it again, what he said in that interview show not too long ago about what's it, when that esoteric intellectual question was posed to him about getting into, he said, what are you talking about? It's in the script. Yeah. He said, well, what about your working dynamic with the director? He said, the director hired me. The director's got faith in me. Let me do my job. Let the director get out of my way and give him what he wants. Yeah. Look how, don't you just respect that instead oh, of that esoteric So refreshing. Bullshit? Yeah. Do you think, okay, what, what made the great Santini so bad? Yeah, Why yeah, was he yeah, so bad? yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, okay, hitting your head, hitting your son's head with a basketball and acting like a child, uh, that, that definitely goes in the bad column, no doubt. But there are worse things. But they kind of set him up being like this great dad, and then all of a sudden, like he's standing in front of them in in, in uniform, and he's like, "All right, we are going to be the you know what, what's he he calls them like the uh, like core S or something yeah, like that, and yeah. it's like we well, we are a family, and this is how we're going to behave." He treats them like he's a drill sergeant or something, and. All right, it's excessive, but I don't know if that's bad necessarily. Like there was a whole scene dedicated to him waking his son up at four a.m. Right, to I was going to say gift. that's yes. But why is that so bad? Well, waking him up early—that's bad. Like I was trying to sleep. Right, I'm an early riser. Get the fuck up out of bed. Let's go. Uh, uh, that's annoying, but that's not bad. That's not a bad dad. It's inappropriate to wake your son up early in the morning. He clearly doesn't do it every day because otherwise the kid would be wise to it and be like, all right, I, I get up. It's, a, it's his birthday. And he's like, I got you a gift. He's fucking with him a little bit. All right. If we're trying to come up with examples where he was, quote, bad. Yeah. It's the scene we alluded to with the basketball. Yes. That, that's, that's a bad scene. That's bad. And the scene where he is fighting with his wife, like the whole family comes and is like yeah. wrestling him away. Yeah. But those are that's really. quite the, a scene, by the way. What's that? It's quite a scene. Yeah. With a little girl holding onto his leg. And then he he kind of realizes that he did that he was being he did he backed off he backed off he backed off. So those are the two scenes that really make him a bad dad. I think everything else I could argue why is that bad? What why is it's a matter of perspective? Wait, if that's true, then our top five is flawed. Possibly. Well, he he has two great scenes where he's being a bad dad. Yeah. So okay. All right. But I I couldn't think of any other scenes. He's not a warm, loving father. Now, I disagree with you there. I think he is a warm, loving father. It's, it's, it's just his... Mis- it's showing... Oh, wait, wait. I'll give him a third one. Telling his son, you go beat that guy up or you can't come home. Right. That's a, that's a bad dad All right. move. Yeah, yeah. 
That's three. That's yeah. three three yeah. bad things. Yeah. Well, there's so many examples when the, I love the scene also where the daughter, the kid daughter is trying to get her dad's attention <laughs> and the father's reading the newspaper yeah. and he's detached from her and she what she's saying that was a very funny scene. Like um I'm seeing someone. What did she say? Uh, she's black and bald and a dwarf. Remember all that? Just fucking with her old man. Say, get out of here. Get out. And he'd rather read his newspaper. Uh, he wasn't the most uh, engaging father on the planet. I don't know. I even might disagree with oh, that. Oh, come on. Well, he's singing songs with him in the car driving down the road. I mean, they want to sing Dixie. And he says, no, I'm going to sing Battle Hymn of the yeah, Republic. Yeah, I was say, what are they singing? The battle, you know. All right, but we can still have those three examples where he's a bad dad. Yeah. I still don't know how bad those are. Right, right. I mean, to me, the physical violence stuff is worse than telling his son you can't come home because I don't think he means it. I don't I don't even think the son really means it. Like, I don't think the son thinks that he means that. This, does the son really think, like, I won't be able to come to my own home? Of course he knows he can. Yeah, but it was still a, There's horrible, an expectation. Thing. There's a horrible thing to yeah, say to yeah. your son. It's a horrible thing to say yeah. to your kid. Uh, the basketball scene. That's bad. Yeah. That's bad. Huh? You're going to cry? Huh? You're going to cry? Huh? 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 And it went on and on. Is that, is that how you have sex? Huh? Huh? You're going to cry? Huh? Huh? Hmm. I don't think... I'm glad we agree on this about the uh, the whole B story about the racial tension yeah, and that, the murdering of the black dead. kid. Like that was shoe. It was shoehorned in. We didn't need it. Yeah. We didn't need it. I even thought the opening scene showing the uh, the aircraft flying. Yeah. Either we didn't need it. We kind of did, but it does set up the ending. I guess maybe, but it went on too long. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It went on too long. It's like, funny. We get it. Yeah. A lot of that stuff. And it. Okay. Look. Here's the other thing too. They they portray him as this kind of like prankster and like. He does some stuff that's like, what? What are you? You're like a psychopath where he's like, pretending to vomit in front of an entire restaurant and, and then everybody soup. else yeah, comes soup. in, like, eats his vomit. Like, yeah. what, what, you, what is this? What are you doing? I mean, he's acting like a child. He, he shows up to his new assignment and grabs some private and, like, gives them a swirly in the right. toilet. Right. What, what are you doing? Well, my friend, war changes you. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I have no doubt he's an asshole. But I don't know that he's necessarily a bad dad. I think part of that was him just having fun and thinking, like, this is being silly. And Yeah, but getting back to that scene in that fancy restaurant, he was ruining the dinner for everyone else in that room with his, with his escapades. But is that being a bad dad or is that just no, being a bad person? No, that's being a bad person. person. Yeah. Although, you know, one might say he made the night. I gave everybody a conversation. A memorable evening. I, that feels way too specific, by the way, to have been fake. I think that definitely happened where somebody went in yeah. with a can of of, yeah. uh, of soup and pretended to puke Vomit. all over, and, and then, then everybody is, rushed in and started yeah, eating it up. It, it, yeah, I'm yeah. sure that happened. Yeah, yeah. Way too specific. All right. It's a long movie. We didn't need the whole racial segment. That was, nah, like, that was like a half hour. We didn't need it. Yeah. We didn't need it. It would have been a fascinating character study. Is this a good that. movie? I, I, because of Robert Duvall. Yeah. That's my answer to you. I really thought long and hard on this guy. Because if this was with somebody else other than Bruce Stern, it wouldn't have worked. It would have been a long, 
bland, uh, forgettable uh, movie. Uh, you come over here and be a good kid. And try to read the paper, huh? Leave me alone. I don't want to hear you pregnant. Uh, uh, uh. How about Pee Wee Herman? Paul Rubin. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Do it. Just do it. I know you are, but what am I? You gonna cry? Huh? You gonna cry? You gonna cry? Um, somewhat disappointing. Yeah, that was my reaction to it. Yeah, but um, if you're gonna watch it, watch it for Robert. It's a great performance by him as usual. So, yeah. if you're interested in watching Duvall's repertoire, this would definitely be in that category. Yeah. Okay, uh, money shots. The money shots. Well, I already mentioned mine about uh, you're gonna cry, huh? Huh? Robert, I. And again, it's been since 1980. Again, I feel like I'm listening to audio tape of you having sex. You're going to cry? Huh? Huh? Well, you didn't seem to mind when I was saying that last no, night No, I didn't. To you. I just, I'm having flashbacks, that's all. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see. Um, what's so interesting, Robert, is that I don't remember that scene specifically, but I do remember my reaction. Isn't that in, in the theater? Mm. That I remember being really, and having that uncomfortable feeling that just penetrated me and watching it again i remembered having that reaction decades mm. ago in the theater do you remember who you were with i was on a blind date we fucked how did she watch the movie <laughs> <laughs> that's my money shot that that uh, you know I, I yeah go ahead go ahead what were you gonna say i, Share I think the the basketball scene is definitely up there to me, this feels like uh, this feels like nocturnal animals in the sense that I can describe to you in detail almost every scene right now, but it's gonna fade for me because yeah. I'm just not gonna be thinking yeah. about this yeah. movie. There wasn't yeah. enough meat on this movie for me to be thinking about. And yeah. five years from now, I'm gonna go. I don't know. It's kind of like Top Gun, I think, or something. I know he was a fighter pilot. <laughs> yeah, that's about what it's gonna be. And then I'm gonna say, I don't know. There's something with a basketball. That's that's what will ultimately be the legacy in my mind anyway it was nominated for a couple of oscars mm -hmm. right for actor and so on and he but, got nominated I yes yeah. yes and um yeah so anyway anti-wave yeah oh yeah 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 i'm hearing a little reluctance hesitant yell from you <laughs> all right who's the protagonist actually i've played with this my gut feeling, of course, is that it's Robert Duvall. I think but it's then switches. I wondered if it was the family. I think it's the older son. I think we we switch at some point. We start out with Duvall, and yeah. then by the end, yeah. it's our older son. Yeah. yeah, it becomes his story. And he kind of takes the reins. Yes. You know? He becomes like his pop at the end, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. A little Getting the bit. family a up There's at 3 a.m. to that. go he, he's, move. He's the caretaker now. Yeah. I know. You know, it's funny. This... The writing back then was just so obvious. When they're going to their homecoming dance, the high schoolers are like, oh, we're going to the homecoming dance. And then they turn to Robert Duvall and like, what are you doing? He goes, ah, oh, just a routine flying mission tonight. It's like, okay, well, you're dying. You're going to die tonight. Yeah. Yeah. A routine flying mission. That's so, that that's sounds, sign, but that's, that's, that's what you say after someone dies. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just a routine flying mission. Yeah. But you would never say that to before it happened it's a routine flying mission that's not how you would describe what you're bit, going to do yeah pat right right you you're gonna drive home tonight it's a routine driving home you would never say it that way right you're, you're, saying, right. I'm gonna, I'm you're gonna right 
That's oh. almost as bad as what are you doing here? It's the same yeah. kind of self-conscious and you're signposting what's going to happen. That's I'm it. telling you what, you're man, sign- that line, what are you doing here? <laughs> it, it just if, if you play that game, every time you hear someone in a movie or television show say that line, just repeat it out loud. Even if you're by yourself, just say, what are you doing here? And then watch how many times people gr- say that a, line. That'd be a great clip to put that together on YouTube. It's remarkable to me. Yeah. yeah. It's such lazy writing. Anyway, go ahead. I told you, and this is on YouTube, that there is a, 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 a video of all the uh, Fast and Furious movies were family. We're fa- I've told you, you haven't seen it yet because you called that to my attention. We yeah. talked about that, but somebody actually edited it together. Sure. It's fucking hysterical. We're family. You know what? We're family. It's all about family. It's about all the fi- we're five, six movies, yeah. right, in the franchise? Yeah. And it's very funny the way they edit them all together. Yep. Well, uh, nothing is funnier to me than Mel Gibson grunting. That's yeah. and it's like it's like twenty minutes yeah, of yeah. him just getting beaten up and grunting, <laughs> and that's all it is. <clears throat> and that's all he does. It's so funny. And now when I whenever I watch a Mel Gibson movie, I'm waiting for yeah. him to grunt. And he will. Yeah, he will. Constantly. That's yeah. his thing. Yeah, yeah. All right, what else you got? Well, I want to ask you then if if and I played with this idea that whose story is it really? Yeah. So you feel it's the older sons, in a way. I, by the end, it, it is. Yeah. But um, assuming we can buy Robert Duvall's character as the protagonist, just for sake of discussion, yep. we've talked a lot about likability. And here you have a perfect example of the protagonist in a major film who's not a likable guy. Yeah. Although you're about to say he's not all that unlikable, really. I don't think he's as that's unlikable you, as you think. Go. And. For me, I actually like the son less because the son won't stand up for himself. That's what's frustrating to me is he doesn't stand up to his dad and say, fuck you. I'm going to play basketball the way I want to play. Yeah. And I'm, you're going to let me in this house. That's what you're going to do. Yeah. He has one scene where he finally kind of does that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Since, uh, spoiler Robert Duvall's character, Santini, since he does die at the end, there's another element to suggest it's anti-wave. Mm-hmm. And the real character didn't die. Like, I, they just had him die. You, you know about this, right? The real great Santini did oh, not die. that's very funny. Yeah. The autobiography, who's this based on? He's a lot, yeah. I mean, it's he actually a novel. a novel. He wrote it's the not, novel. It's not a, a true story. It's just based on a true story. But <laughs> that's very funny what you just said. Yeah. The guy who wrote... It's an autobiography. It's uh, considered an... Isn't it? Is, I think it's about his dad. I, and I think the dad... I see. I don't think it's an autobiography. Okay. I think, I think okay. it's a, from the son's perspective. Right, right, right. I right, think that's right, actually right, right. who wrote it. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Disappointing. Yeah. Well, do we give it an anti-wave number? We, oh, we forgot about that. I, I think it's more anti-wave s- than you do. I'm going to bring it seven six, and a half. Yeah. Right. Who died this week? Ah, oh, i got to tell you, unfortunately, most of the following people, they didn't turn to dust. We lost the following people in the entertainment industry the last seven days. Uh, Brenda Daya, 60-year-old American actress. She was in Red Rocket. Alfred Soul, 78-year-old American film director. Alice Sweet Alice. And a production designer, TV, did Veronica Mars. We lost Jack Summertheths, summer, 60, uh, I'm sorry, 89-year-old English actor. Love thy neighbor. And he was also in King Ralph. Not King Richard. Don't get that confused with King Richard, but the movie King Ralph, and he was a comedian. We lost Dale 
Critchlow, 92-year-old American actor, was in Napoleon Dynamite. Oh. Coroner's Corner Silver Spotlight Award. No, we're not giving it to Gene Hackman, nor Dick Van Dyke, or Mel Brooks, or Pepe Le Pew. They all died this week, oh. but they're not getting All it. of them? All of them. What a, yeah, man. It was a blitz. We did lose a really important American film editor. Let me share this with this okay. guy did. David Brenner. Not a familiar name to us, but it does hone in on the importance of this the editor. Yule's brother, right? Who's? Yule. Oh, Yule Brenner. Yeah, but a bald head also. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and he was also in The Magnificent Seven oh. with his brother. Oh. They played, okay. Oh. 50, 50, 59 years old. He edited Born on the Fourth of July, Man of Steel, Independence Day. How about that? He won the Oscar in 1990 for 4th of July. He worked a lot with Oliver Stone and Roland Emmerich, who we spoke about a few times, who did all those disaster movies, and Zack Snyder. They worked together. Very often, as you know, uh, the director and editor look at things perhaps the same way and they team up and work together. Also very often with a DP as well. So this guy won the Oscar, did a lot of great movies. He's dead at 59 years old. Candle Corner, Celebrity Birthdays for the Week. I just have one. Who? Why am I tied to that radiator? Uh, Samuel L. Jackson? <laughs> That's right. Christina Ricci, 42 years old. We wish her a very, very happy birthday. All right. Hey, you want to do some top five? And... Hit it, burn. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Top five this week is top five. Mean Dad movies. Mean Dad, mean dad. movies. Yeah, Mean Daddy. Did you come up with any animation? I didn't. I tried to come up with mm -hmm. that. And documentaries. Did you? No. 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 This, well, we'll talk it when we get to it. I think we'll overlap. So. There's, there's a few that I think you think you're clever about that I think I'm clever about, and I think we'll overlap. Oh, I think I know. Mm -hmm. Is the daddy not an actual human being? So, my number five Go. is a movie called Punch, and it's where the dad actually, like, he and his daughter have a. You're fucking with me. You're just fucking with me. <laughs> That almost works, by the way. That almost could be almost. Amazing. Yeah. Well, similar to that. Sim my, okay. My actual number five. But is... that makes me feel good because you listen to me. What? We... <laughs> when do my top five? You actually pay attention sometimes. Sometimes. Nineteen seventy-four. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Oh. And then think about this. Oh, you're my father. <laughs> love my reaction yeah didn't you love it took me two seconds yeah it took me two seconds <laughs> that's fucking funny yeah there you go the famous slap sequence we realize you're right that's yep. very i'm surprised Pay dunaway's dad Wait, yeah he's kind I'm of surprised that's your number five and you didn't put it up higher mm -hmm. yeah i don't think there's i think there's meaner dads that's clever that's clever what do you got my number five is an obscure movie. No. You have not heard of it, let alone seen it. I saw it in New York City in 1969, mm -hmm. and I've never heard a peep about it since. And it's called... It's Debbie Does Oh, that was Dallas. another one. Oh, no. okay. Daddy's Gone A-Hunting. Daddy's Gone A-Hunting. I saw it with my good buddy Ian in New York City when we were there in 1969. You're, I love that you're doing this right now. And he's looking up the, the poster art for that movie. 
Um, and it's it's Paul Burke. Do you remember him? He was like Naked no. City, did a lot of TV work, and this is his one adventure into feature film, and it was a bad movie. And here we have the stepfather coming involved, and there it is. There it is, the poster. And and dad becomes a stepfather and kind of goes crazy and wants to kill the biological thing because his ex-wife had an abortion, blah, 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 blah. So th- wanna- this says, a mentally disturbed man stalks a woman who had once aborted the child he had fathered. I want to tell you something. Yeah. You know who co-wrote the screenplay? Who? Our buddy. Oh, wait, Larry. hold on. Yeah. I could tell yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, well, you're looking it up. You're cheating. Larry Cohen yeah. Yeah. and uh, Lorenzo, Semple, Lorenzo Semple, who did a lot. Larry Cohen, we've talked about him before, Robert. We have? He, oh, yes. Uh, yes, because he wrote the, a lot of beach kind of schlocky movies, but I am going to say that he also did Motorama. He oh, wrote the screenplay yeah. to Motorama. He also did quite a bit of TV, uh, a TV show called Branded, and he did his movies about cell phone, man on... He did these schlocky movies that got made so he co-wrote daddy's got a hunting there indeed is your movie about a mean mean dad uh, and you've not seen it since 1969 mm-hmm. i have a what? question for you what yes what movie yes do you think what movie could would you say with certainty has been the longest since you've seen it wait longest in terms of what has been the longest duration since you have oh seen... the most time that's passed yeah okay so like i think it was uh, one of the contenders would have been king kong because you said you saw that when yes. you were like 10 or 11 and you hadn't seen it until recently wow i've seen movies before then like the animation of peter pan but you're saying this movie i had to be bookended something i also saw recently no. oh i didn't have to see it recently what's, so, movie what's the earliest movie of... i've ever seen no but what's the earliest movie you have you've seen that you haven't seen since yeah well, it's not Daddy's Got a Hunting. So there's movies that you've seen pre-1969. Yes. That you have memory of. Yes. And haven't seen since. There was a Jack Benny movie, The Horn Blows at Midnight. The Horn Blows at Midnight. Okay, Look we're going to pull it up. All right. Doing All right. it up. Yeah. And I watched it on TV with my mom and dad. It was a silly movie, and we laughed, and I have not seen it since. The horn blows at midnight. And you know, that's one of the... What was the year on that, Robert? 1945. Okay, I wasn't alive then. I'm not that old. Right. Uh, however, it was shown on television, on commercial TV, in the early in the early 50s. And I remember seeing that movie and laughing and liking it. And that's probably one of the longest durations earliest to now. Where I've seen a movie that I can remember. So Horn Blows at Midnight. What year if you Yeah, we're gunned ahead, you yeah. have to say what year did you watch Horn Blows at Midnight? Yeah, I'm guessing like nineteen fifty five. Nineteen fifty five. Yeah, yeah. And you haven't seen it since I have not seen it. Do you know what it's about? He has to blow his horn at midnight. No, I'm serious. <laughs> no, that's really it. He has to blow his horn at midnight. Um you have a synopsis there? A trumpet player in a radio orchestra falls asleep during a commercial and dreams he's Anathael, an, an angel deputized yes. to blow the last trumpet at exactly yes. midnight on Earth. Yes. Thus making marking the end of the world. All right, here's what I want to do. What, we're going to watch it? Let's watch this movie. This oh, my God. Let's watch it. Are you Are you down for that? Yeah, I'm down for that. 
The horn blows at midnight. Why is not? it streaming? We'll anywhere? find it. We'll find a way to get it. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. We'll find a way. If we can't, we'll pick something else. You got it. Oh, that's fun. I like this new. The horn blows at midnight. Uh, the fact. I really like this new lens we're using. Yes. That's my number five. That's my number. What is that? Five. No, that's, yeah, that's number, number five. Well, that's my daddy's got a hunting. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, the horn blows at midnight. Yeah, You're number no, five. no. <laughs> he was a bad dad. Your number four is? My number four is a kid's movie. Not sure if you've seen, but it is. it stars and is directed by someone who's been on our hot list lately that we've been talking quite a bit about that we really like, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito plays a bad dad in 1996's Matilda. I never saw Matilda. It's actually pretty good, and that. Danny DeVito is great. He's like, I mean, it's a kids' movie, so he's playing this evil dad. That's you know. Kind of Let's do that movie instead of Horn Blows at Midnight. <laughs> nah, nah, yeah. nah. We're doing the Horn Blows at Midnight. Did he direct that? Too? He directed it as well. Yeah. See, there's another. We can name like six movies that he directed that are really fun. Yeah, he's a good director. Yeah. Throw Mama from the Train is a great movie. And you know, I already know how I feel about War of the Roses. Yeah. War of the Roses. Excellent. That's. What a fucked up movie. The end we talked on that. I know. I know. Ha, wait, the go back. The chandelier sequence. Ha, have you seen Throw Mama from a Train? Have you seen I've that? saw it in the theater when it first came out. Not since. Oh. <laughs> wait, are you thinking? I don't know. but <laughs> I'm starting Am, to get into this. Yeah. Look, first of all, recent Am movies Ramsey, have been sucking her name. Uh, quite Ramsey. a bit. I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to doing a bunch of out of the vaults. There's a bunch of really good movies that we've kind of touched on that we haven't seen in a long time. Mama! Mama! He Mama. Kept yelling, yeah, 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 yeah. And Billy Crystal is really... That's the best Billy Crystal uh, at being Billy Crystal with maybe the exception of When Harry Met Sally. He's he's better at being Billy Crystal in that. You know, Billy Crystal kind of plays Billy Crystal. Sure, sure. Yeah. Would you want to do that one instead of Horn nah, Blows No, we're doing the Horn Blows to wiggle out of Horn Blows I don't know if we're going to be able to find it, but we'll get to that. Okay, yeah. we'll see. Um, so that's your number... What are we doing? That's Good, your bad, four. or anything. I want to know... This is a movie you haven't seen since you were a child. Yes, but to be fair, I'm not going to have any money shots. That's fine. Yeah. I yeah. I want I want to watch it with you. I want to see if anything comes back. It's it's going to be cheesy and cornball. It's you fine. know that. You Who know cares? That. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't matter. Okay. okay. Good. All right. Uh that was my number 4. What's your number 4? Uh, my number 4. You ready? Yeah. I wonder if we're going to overlap on this one. Mm. Do you have one down for 1976? I do not. Oh, okay. The Omen. The Omen. What? What's going on? You're getting a call? No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, the Omen. The kid was the Antichrist. The father. Oh. Lucifer. Lucifer. Oh, oh nice. Oh, yeah. I forgot that uh, Richard Donner directed that movie. How about that? Uh, Gregory Peck. Lee Remick, mm -hmm. mm -mm, Lee Remick, and that's my number four. He was a mean dad, that devil. Mm -hmm. Usually is. Yeah. Usually not a nice not guy. Not a nice guy. Yeah, usually. Number three. I know we're going to overlap on now. Yeah, I do. No, yeah. no, I do. Is it your number three? N no, it's my number two, and I bet it's 1980. 1980. My number three. Yeah. A father who is not a nice man. Uh huh. He actually cut off his son's hand. Oh, wait. Was that in the movie? Yeah. 1980, Empire Strikes Back. Darth Vader is not a nice 
father. That's my number one. That's my number one. <laughs> That's funny about 1980. Yeah. Did you have another 1980? Yeah, The Shining. Oh. Oh, I just gave away one of my... Oh. Never mind. You didn't hear that. I, I, I Take that said, out. I said what I needed to say. Yeah, you, so, you, you go. Okay, but Darth Vader, he was not a nice guy. He was not. He was not a nice guy. He was a meanie. Although one might argue well, he with did your try argument, to give his say, son a chance. He has and a say, different filter, different on over. Just misunderstood. Yeah. Come and join us. And Come he did save us. his son in the end. Oh, that. I mean, not in that movie. Well, that was yeah, later movie. on. I know. All right, my number three? Yeah. Rosemary's Baby. Now... Before you look at me, mm-hmm. and yes, she's fucked by the devil. Mm-hmm. However, what's interesting about this is I'm not putting the devil as the mean dad. Oh, I'm going with John Cassavetes. Worse than the devil. Well, I got gotcha. you. No, are you with me on that? Yeah. No, I'm being serious because I, I thought, okay, the devil fucked her, and that's how she gave birth to the baby, but we know that. But it was John Cassavetes' character who was a father-like figure with Mia Farrow, and he was really, ugh. He was great in that. I'm film. sorry. Never. Oh. Roman Polanski, of course, did that. Mia Farrow, John Cassavetes, Ruth Gordon won the Oscar. I love what she said with her acceptance speech. I said this to you a few years ago, and I'm going to say it again because she was older even then mm-hmm. in, in 1968. She was still an elderly woman and she held the Oscar and she said, well, I find this very encouraging. That was so <laughs> funny that here you have this older woman. And holding the Oscar saying, I find this encouraging. I, I just, might have promise in this career. I could have to do more now for you now. But I just love that she said that. That's my number three, Rosemary's Baby. My number two is um, a movie by one of our favorite directors because he directed, uh, he directed Pi. He directed your favorite movie, Mother. I mean, talk about uneven. So that's a Darren Aronofsky yeah. is uneven yeah. uh, in your eyes. In my eyes, I think he's great. I think almost everything he's done has been awesome. Yeah. He know. made a movie, and I'm not sure if you've seen it or not. I'm not clicking with it. Oh, so for mean dad? 2008, The Wrestler. Did you see The Wrestler? No. Who's in that? Who's, who's the lead? Uh, Ricky, Mickey Rourke. Yes. Did I you never see saw it? it. No, I didn't see it, but I sure know of it. I keep forgetting <sighs> that Aaron directed that film. Darren. Darren Aronofsky. Aaron. Darren. Anofsky. Anofberg, whatever. I'm telling you what, dude. That movie, it's just so... Maybe we should see that one next week. <laughs> it's good. It's good, good, good. He... Okay, so he plays a washed-up wrestler who's was you know popular in, in the heyday in the 1980s, and now he's just... His body is falling to shit, and he's just barely making ends meet, and he's neglected his daughter, and he's trying to kind of get back into his daughter's life and she wants nothing to do with him because he's been awful and he she slowly kind of starts to let him come back into her life and he starts fucking her over again and it's just it's heartbreaking watching that relationship it's a great movie make you work i mean that that movie we don't talk about that movie enough yeah excellent i always forget that darren directed that movie yeah that's something who? I should see. Who it's directed it? Aronofsky, Berg, Stein. Aaron? Ar- Darren. Uh, who's Darren? Da- Darren Aronofsky. Oh. Darren. I, I, don't know who that, I know who Aaron Darinofsky is. No, no, no. You're thinking of somebody else. I'm thinking about the guy who did Mother <laughs> and Pie. Oh, okay. And Black Swan. Oh. And Requiem for a Dream. Oh, he did that one too? Mm-hmm. Wow. He's got quite a body of work, this guy. And he did that Noah's Ark movie too. Oh, we don't count that one. Yeah. What do you got? What's your number two? Well, my number two, I already gave it away a moment ago. The Shining, 
And he was a pretty fucked up father, wasn't he? Nah, he's all right. Ah, Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall. You know, people say that she kind of lost her mind. You've heard that. Yeah, I think that's overblown. I knew you were going to say that. That's, that's a true. PR machine that's yeah. saying that. But she got real goofy and it had an effect on her. I was reading up on this because I like to do research for you and all of our listeners. Mm-hmm. And how, uh, you know, he had her do a scene 83 times and all mm-hmm. that. And it just, she just went kind of bonkers and it stayed with her. I don't know. I think she's not a good actress. Yeah. And she was in this thing. But she was in Popeye. <laughs> I could Popeye is one of the few movies I could not finish. It was so bad. I was so annoyed by it. I was like, I just can't watch this. Yeah. I turned it off. Yeah. You yeah. hard it is Probably. for me to turn off a movie? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. You're always saying there's something there. Yeah. There's something there to watch oh. the whole thing. Oh. You know who directed Popeye? Altman? Altman. Whoa, was I right on that? Yeah. Pretty good, huh? I think I'm almost you positive. Know, I, I'm giving that an 82%. I'm pretty sure it's Altman. And it's, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah, Robert Altman. I still got it, huh? That was an Altman movie, yeah. I never, I'm telling you, I can't stand his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And besides, well, Shelly, she looks like olive oil. <laughs> she does. And, and Robin Williams, and he's doing all that. Yeah. With, you know, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. Okay. All right. But, I don't know, getting back to... Shining. Shining. So I think a lot of that is a PR. Some I think that's. I think she just wasn't a good actress, and I think I think Kubrick was like, "Do it again." Yeah. Okay. That wasn't it. Let's do it again. All right. That wasn't it either. Let's do it again, and we'll just sit here and keep doing it and doing it until you give me what I want. And I'm not going to tell you what it is that I want. That's your job to figure out what I want. I just know that that's not it. And I think also I think that was part of it. And I think also when you look at what's happening in the story. She's worn down. She's supposed to go kind of crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. losing it. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of... Everyone... I don't know. I think sometimes as a director, he's trying to push his actors to get to that point. Right. So I think that's more of what was going on. Not like, oh, yeah, you did irreparable harm to her psyche. No. I think she's all right. Isn't she like living in Texas now or yeah. something? She's like... Yeah. Probably retired. Yeah. I bet she's living on a farm smoking cigarettes and maybe i should go visit her and console <laughs> her and soothe her and tell her how wonderful she has been uh, you know if that doesn't work do it again if and that again doesn't work, go ahead. better better you'll know it when you feel it i'm not here to tell you what to do it's got to come from you do it again are you gonna cry are you gonna cry are you gonna cry <laughs> boom boom thump, boom boom thump. <laughs> My number one. Okay. I wait. This is going to be interesting. Better than Chinatown? It's the first movie I thought of when we said bad dads. Okay. It's the right. first I, movie wait, that I thought okay. of. Uh, a. I don't am think I you've familiar, seen it. Have I, I heard of it? I definitely brought it up before. But I don't listen to you. Yeah, it's true. Okay. Stars two of Scorsese's favorites, but it's not a Scorsese film. Okay, so we have Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. and who's in Joe Pesci? No, no, but it's Robert De Niro, yeah. and who's another one of his favorites? Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh yeah, is yeah. it? He did more. He's done more movies with Leo now. Is than that he has right? With De Niro. No. Yeah. But isn't that interesting? I bet most people would think it is more with Robert De Niro. Yeah. That's interesting. And in fact, De Niro was the one that recommended Caprio. DiCaprio to Scorsese. He was really? like, yeah, because of this movie, he'd worked with Leo and said, you should cast Leo for this. I don't know what this movie is. This Boy's Life. 
No, I never seen it. Yeah. And it's based on a true story. And De Niro is, um, he's just a total asshole. It's very similar to The Great Santini. It's a similar in tone. And um, he's just, he's an asshole. Just through and through. M- more mean, I think, than Great Santini. Wow. A lot more power trips and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Oh, we didn't play the year game, did we? All right. You see, we do. Well, 1980. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. My number one, of course, as we already know, is a Star Wars. But it's no. I know you're going to call, but the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I know. Star Wars Episode Five. It is Episode Five. Three, then three, then three. So it's Episode Five. Empire Strikes Back. 1980. You're right. And with uh, Darth Vader. Did you see that in the theater? Yes. Yes. Was it Episode Five at the time? No. That came after. Okay. They renumbered. And, yeah. Yeah. They renumbered afterwards. Right. Yes. I'm so glad that I don't know the answer to that. I'm so proud of myself for not knowing when they renumbered. Because you think that's a crock? Uh, no, no. I'm just. I feel like if you know that you that's are. That's too movie geek. Yes. More movie geek you than we already are. You are such a Star Wars nerd at that point. Yeesh. So anyways, Pop, Darth Vader, he was a mean, mean dad. Hmm. And that's what I got for mean dad movies. Do you have any scoops? Um. I mentioned Punch, right? <laughs> hey, you know, I never saw The Stepfather. Did you? I, I never, did not. Yeah. No. Had one, but I didn't see a movie. Um, <laughs> Sling Blade. I just felt like I mentioned it in my top five last yeah, week. I can't yeah. mention it again. But it was another Robert Duvall as the dad. Uh, and and also, of uh, you know, there were two bad dads in that. Like, uh, you know, um, uh, Billy Bob Thornton's dad was played by Robert Duvall, and he was really bad. And then also... Um, the kid, his stepdad was abusive as well. Got it. And wound up, you know, being the whole, that was the big crux of the movie. Did you see Sling Blade? Yes, I did. Okay. In theater when it first came out. By the way, I loved your Chinatown. Thanks. I appreciate it. I have one. There's one other movie I want to mention. Pin. Did you ever see Pin? Pin? P-I-N. Oh, Pin. 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 Yeah. It's about a... I think I've told you about this before. It's a very weird 70s movie. The dad is a doctor, and he uses this mannequin to explain things to his children. He uses ventriloquism, sits them down, and explains like the birds and the bees and everything through the voice of this mannequin, this medical mannequin that he has in his doctor's office. Well, he has a, a son and a daughter, and the daughter kind of figures out that dad is a ventriloquist and she kind of understands what he's doing but the son grows up believing that pen is real pen is the name of the mannequin and gives him a, a a name pen and the parents are both killed in this car accident and it's kind of questionable as to whether or not the son has done it and he becomes more and more obsessed with pen and i might argue that the dad was really bad to have let his son go on thinking that that was appropriate. Yeah. I mean, well into like his teenage years. Yeah. That was it. Pin. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are other mean dad movies that we didn't come up with. I really, I feel yeah. like there's a few gems that neither of us thought of. Well, it's a good thing that we have listeners. Oh, good segue. Because listeners can oftentimes how? give us some suggestions. How? Well, they can probably, like, I guess, like, uh, carrier pigeon or. Yeah. Smoke signals. Anything more contemporary? 
No, I don't think anything so. Anything more now. A message in a bottle. Okay, but anything that reflects the digital age. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, smoke signals. Yeah, just uh, ones and zeros. Yeah. Yeah. What about through your computer? Uh, I don't think I would recommend setting my computer on fire. Oh, you're talking about email. Yes. Yeah, you could email and, it to and us. How, where or how? Through email. And the address is? Robert at antiwaypodcast.com. And or? And or? Or Ira <laughs> at antiwaypodcast.com. But, you know, you jumped over that and didn't allow me to share a scoop. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. But my scoop. You're going to roll your eyes and go, no. Okay. Are you ready for my bad scoop? Yeah. This is a bad scoop. In Meet the Fockers, Robert De Niro, can you say he was mean? He was, he was. Yeah. He was like a great Santini. He was. <laughs> I mean. He was fucking with the kid. Yeah. He was mean. Yeah. All right. All right. He was fucking with the kid. Fucking with the kid, yeah. Uh, so anyway, and or Ira at antiwavepodcast.com. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram. Our handle there is at antiwavepod. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Just like the verbal taunting of a Marine Corps father, we are all over the you place. You planned that one. That was good. That was that was a good one, yes. Uh, and you can find us on uh, Google Podcast Music. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Go to iHeartRadio. Go to our website. Those Write a, reviews. Throw us a few bucks over at Patreon. Help keep the sprocket holes moving. Ira. Are we really doing this? Yeah. Let's do it. Why Why are you so reluctant? Well, it's a bad movie, and I hope we can find it streaming someplace. But So what's it, so what if it's bad? We we haven't yeah, seen bad yeah. movies before. How do you even know it's bad? I think by today's... Yeah, because it made me smile as a kid, and I liked it. Therefore, it's got to be a bad movie. We'll find out. It's 1945. We'll find, you know, it was directed 40. by Frank Capra. Did you know that? No, it wasn't. You're fucking yeah. with me. No, it was actually directed by John Ford. No, you're fucking with <laughs> me. Who did direct? And, uh, I don't know. We'll find out. Never, probably someone who never worked again. <sighs> It'd be interesting to see if we could even find it. Yes, and if not, we'll come up with something else. But this is a movie you haven't seen in how long? No, yeah, since 1955, when I was a kid. That's crazy. That's going to be fun. Wouldn't that be weird if I... It resonates with me on a yes. certain core level. Yes. And I get in touch with my inner Ira. <laughs> inner Ira. Just keep your pants Maybe on. I'll start regressing. <laughs> no, maybe it'll like a form of hypnosis. It's like past live regression. Maybe I'll be like seven years old again. So until next week, keep watching <laughs> movies. Well, I'll be sort of out. I'm seeing someone. She's black and bald and a dwarf. 